0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thriving Mosaic I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. A lot would ask where I have been, and the only answer I have for you is on my couch <laughs> like i have I have been um enjoying some downtime I've been enjoying my pup I've been enjoying my family, and I have been enjoying books and being by myself and eating sugar and not leaving and like I have just been here being me and not really engaging in the outside world all that much that's where I've been and I have had a I'm gonna call it a mental block on on recording thriving mosaic because i think i'm in a season of life where i just don't want to podcast by myself and so um that's why authentic life radio is continuing on because i am uh, recording with my best friend sarah and we are throwing um conversation back and forth at each other i mean we're not throwing it but you know it it's it's the give and take of a conversation and the sharing and connecting with somebody that um that I love and so in this episode my husband is actually um, joining me to to talk about a book I just started reading and I'm excited about that because I'm not in a season of life where I want to podcast by myself so Cliff welcome
1: well hello there thank you for having me how are you I'm doing just dandy thank you
0: <laughs> so um in in keeping it real and being myself, I have to say I, I find it very funny that you say thank you for having me because this whole thing was your idea. <laughs> it was. It, it, it's all you're doing, and and I think I, I'm okay with I, that. I enjoy. I may the push. have
1: suggested it because I, you know, you one did, of th-
0: you did more than su- you suggested it. You said it's going to happen. You put it on your calendar. You're like, "Are you ready? Let me know when you're ready. When are you ready, woman? Come on!" Like you did more than suggested. <laughs>
1: Then I can see how you can interpret the chain of events in that way.
0: <laughs> and so I'm just saying, you I know? said,
1: Hey, you know, I'm really enjoying these books. I said, are you still going to uh, work on?
0: You said, what are you going to read next? Yeah. What You're, are you going to read
1: next? Are you, are you still going to make a commitment to reading one personal development book per month? And, and I said you know what's really working for me is I'm I'm sharing what I'm reading kind of chapter by chapter analysis or at least a couple chapters of time of of the various personal development books that I'm doing I'm doing that in the audio journal it's really awesome it reminds me of when we did Hunger Games and Twilight and stuff like that and I said do you think that might that might you might be able to get into a good book if if you did what book would you read and you said
0: I would read um the book that I have it's called Find Your Path by Carrie Underwood I bought it. I actually pre-ordered this book and it showed up on my doorstep the day it, uh, the day it was released. And, and how long ago was that? It was in March. Okay. Right about when my world ended. And, or, you know, my routine. I say Your my world, routine. but my routine was my world. That was... That, yes, that it there. is very
1: easy for us to get our identity tied to our routine. Our identity can be tied to what we do
0: and and that's where i was that's what i'm working on um i guess redefining as i move forward into this you know the end of summer and and uh, resuming and and reclaiming some form of routine
1: yeah and so i said hey, you know do you think that would work for, for you and i said, you said sure i I'd, I'd be willing to try that and i'm like great when do you want to record and you said, well, when would it, you know, whenever it good for you? I said, well, I got tomorrow at one o'clock open if you want it. Yep. Sure. I can do that. And I'm like, great. I'll put it on my calendar. See? That's how. See, so, that's how and, I remember, and, that,
0: and that's what happened in your head. And so here is what <laughs> I live. I live with a man. I'm married to a man who will literally tell you that once I speak something into the universe, it is going to happen. Like there, is, that is true. Everything is going to work out, and it is. And he he says, you know, he's doing all of these these studies and reading these books on, um, like. Um, hypnotherapy and and all this and you know everybody's already in a state of of trance trance, and i just need to you know speak here's what he doesn't understand i'm not subjected to his trance so (laughs) when he says things to me that he thinks you know i'm in a trance and he's just gonna you know subliminally talk to my you know subconscious and things are gonna happen my my brain is mentally black oh cliff said it don't do it like (laughs) it's like if Cliff is suggesting it, like put up a stop sign right now because, you know, you can't fall under anything that, that, um, and yet
1: we're here recording is, this podcast episode.
0: I'm just trying to explain to you the, 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 <laughs> the steps that my brain went through to get here. I know, <laughs> and I, know I know. It was, it's fun. It, it's not as easy as, you know, you, the, there was a great portion of self fight that I had to put forth to get here.
1: I so. understand. And well, it's
0: not one o'clock, it is 10 till four.
1: I was ready at one.
0: <laughs> I know, but. But hey, there was a part of my body that was fighting against it, and so I, it was.
1: I understand, and, and we don't have to be here. We we could end this recording right now, and well, nobody no, I'm would having ever know. Fun
0: now. I'm just telling you. You just <gasps> You're don't having understand. Fun? The... Yes, I just am trying to. Never mind. No, that's awesome. Wait, this is my show. Shut it's, up. <laughs> yes, this is
1: your show. I'm just here for the ride.
0: Yes, that' would it's.
1: I'm here to give you somebody to throw conversation at.
0: Gotcha. Okay. You're beautiful, well, thank you,
1: and I'm in that's, love with you.
0: That's very nice of you. you're not so bad yourself, thank
1: you mm-hmm. so
0: this book so this book I'm just i your your um your eyes match your shirt, but it probably has more to do with the fact that I didn't turn on the light when I came in here. Did you notice that
1: I did yeah. notice that
0: thanks for going with that so um yes, back in i don't know probably December, January. I pre-ordered um, Find Your Path by Carrie Underwood because I love her. I, you know, love her music, fell in love with it years ago. I've actually record, recorded content about lyrics that, that she sings. And I love the, you know, I follow her on Instagram and, and she's she's very... She's a private person, but she is open, and she is, you know, sharing pieces of herself, and and doing that with, you know, under her her own um, beliefs and ideals of, of, you know, what she can share and, and what she should hold, you know, private. and And I respect that, and, and I like that. So I wanted to further support her, and I'm like, I w- I want to get her book. Cool. I, I want to get her, so I pre-ordered her book, and it showed up on my porch in March when it released, and um, it, it's been it's been sitting on a table in the sunroom ever since.
1: So tell me about it. what What's the What's the name of the book?
0: Uh, the it is find your path, okay. um, honor your body, fuel your soul, and get fit and get strong with the Fit Fifty Two Life.
1: And th- is that the name of the app, the Fit Fifty Two?
0: Fit Fifty Two is is her um is the name that she has named what um her workout her it's her app that she just can't which i also paid for a subscription to but if i don't use it then i will have to cancel that after a year but like i said i've been didn't
1: th- we automatically cancel it just in case so it didn't auto, auto renew? i think you did yeah okay so if yeah, you get to so. the end of the year and you're using it just let me know and yes you and, can and i'll it. yeah
0: but um So it it is, it is her sharing her, her journey into a healthy, fit lifestyle and, um, and that, you know, it's not a do this, do that. It it is a, here is how I'm doing it. And if it helps you get to where you're going, that is her goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Follow me. So I, um, just today read the introduction in chapter one. I opened it and flipped through it when it came in, but I, I wasn't like my routine was just ending. I, I I wasn't really in the right mindset to actually, you know, sit down and look and open it and read. I was, you know, trying to figure out what to do with, with McKenna, not going to school every day and, with moving Megan home and like these were all of the things that were happening when this book showed up. And so it wasn't the the priority at the time. And, um, but today I read the introduction and, or yesterday I opened it up in preparation to read it today. And I actually sat down and looked at the contents, the table of contents. And the book is divided into three parts and each part is a song title of hers, which I absolutely love. And then there are 10 chapters and an epilogue and each are titled song titles. And I just, I think that that's cute. And I just, it's cute. That's all. I love it.
1: That's very cool. So, it, it makes a lot of sense that you love it because you oftentimes look for themes in your life tied to song lyrics. And, I do. And I can
0: find a song lyric for almost anything that you say to me. Yeah. it's i (laughs) i've shared this story many times on many different podcasts but there was one um one day my kids were just driving me crazy i i mean they were all little and just really i was going batty with just small kid questions and i started answering my kids in song lyrics only and they were annoyed with me by the end of the day, but I was having a better day, so it was all good.
1: Nice.
0: It was all good. So I um as I read, I just underlined things that I really loved, and that's what um I'd like to start. That's cool. where I, that's where I want to just um This is this is something so back in the winter, we watched the Taylor Swift documentary. Miss Americana. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. And she talked about some struggles that she had with, with eating and body image. And I remember our 20 year old daughter says to me, she's Taylor Swift. I can't believe that she struggles with these things. Like she's, she's dealing with the same things that I'm dealing with, like in the same mindset. And, and, But she's Taylor Swift. She shouldn't have to be, you know. And that made her a real person to Megan. And not the, you know, anyway. So the first thing that I underlined here, because one of the things that I often say, you know, the things that I talk about and the things that I, I share are so commonplace to me that it is weird that they seem extraordinary to someone else and I often think well why does anyone listen to me anyway like I don't have anything to say that's all that you know mind-blowing it's it's just common sense to me it's just second nature it's just who I am like I don't have a hard time thinking that that my experiences are important to other people now I'm working on that I know that that's you know a mindset, it's a limiting belief, all of those things. But this is the first sentence that I underlined. I'm always surprised that people listen to what I say. So it's kind of the same thing that Megan said with Tara. Here is Carrie Underwood. Here is somebody that I love. And she says, I'm I'm always surprised that people listen to what I say. She's dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with. You know, it, it's, these are just the way, we, it's just the way that we are. And the th- think that people think that that is anything worth listening to can sometimes be surprising. Yeah. Anyway, I just kind of loved that. All right. She says, I want to be healthy and fit 52 weeks of the year, but that doesn't mean I have to be perfect every day. I like that. I love that. Um, now re- these are random sentences from the introduction that that's, you know, and when I have something to dive into, I, I will. But, um, it's not about doing what's easy. It's about doing what's simple. I love this. I can't tell you how many, how many cookbooks or, or blog posts or things that I've read and you need to do this and you need to, you know, all of the, the recipes are like 150 steps long and you have to do all this. I don't have time for that. And so it's not about doing it. It's, and she talks. She talks about doing what's simple, like making things simple, so that they work into your already busy life. Now, granted, for the last, you know, what, four months, four and a half months, I haven't been busy. You know, things are getting done, and you know, we're still eating every day. And you know, I'm. We went for a really long time with keeping the kitchen clean, but the girls have slacked off the last couple of weeks, and so. um And so have I, you know, they, they had made a commitment that they slacked off on. And when they did that, then I kind of fell into a habit as well. And, um, but it's about doing things that are simple and that can work well. And later on, she actually uses the word integrate, like that can be integrated into your, into your life.
1: One of the things I like about that statement there is that even there's something called something that's simple. I mean, it's not complicated. It's not. It's not like you have to go and grab your formula so that you can. It's. It's. It's not. It's simple. It. It's pretty straightforward. But she says, "I don't need it to be easy. Sometimes it, it, it might. It might be challenging. It might be the least thing you most want to do right now. But it's simple. Just one foot in front of the other, and or whatever the case may be.
0: That's right. Um. to finish her thought here um, which supports what you're saying it's easier not to work out it's easier to go through the drive-through than to cook something at home but it's simple to walk more and it's simple to make meals and snacks that don't take too much too much prep time and um, so just just the you know it is easier not to work out but it is simple to you know take my dog for you know, a longer walk on the street, which I've done today three times now. You know, normally I would just take him around the cul-de-sac, but um, three times today I've taken him farther than I, I normally would. So it's easier to walk more. And um, I'm looking forward to finishing this and to getting some ideas because I, I'm, i as we move into August and things um, start up again, whatever those look like, you know, wh- whatever our schedule becomes I'm, I'm really interested in moving into this simple meal prep and going back to the fact that it's just going to be less people that I'm feeding um, simple can happen easier yes for me okay um, another random sentence uh, the trick is to make the things you want to do for yourself as effortless. <laughs> As the things you are tempted to do, but no you shouldn't. Do you need me to say that again? No. Nope. No. The trick is to make the things that you want as effortless as the things that you know are bad for you. Right. I like that. Yep. I just I just do. Okay. This is my favorite part and probably what I believe makes Carrie Underwood likable and relatable for me. Okay? This is still just in the introduction. (laughs) All right. I'm just me and you're just you. But being who we are in the best possible way every week of the year is what we are meant to do in this life. I believe that. Oops. To me, Carrie, in quotes, is someone very different from Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood is the public me. The person who you see on the stage or on TV. That's me living out my dream. Carrie is just me without, without all the bells and whistles. My friends aren't celebrities or for the most part, even music business people. They are moms and wives and people who started their own businesses. Carrie Underwood might write a different book than this book, although I did name each chapter in this book after one of my songs. Maybe that was a Carrie Underwood move. But I hope you'll enjoy recognizing some of those titles. The Real Everyday Me. The mom, the wife, the friend is probably a lot like you. And this is the book Carrie has always wanted to write.
1: I like that. What I love about that is oftentimes we look at somebody who has so much fame, you know, singing in stadiums with tens of thousands of people, uh, obviously financially wealthy as a result of her fame. And just all, all of the things that go along with that. and you think, well, okay, she she is, op- I mean, her life must just be perfect, you know? And that's just not the case.
0: It's not the case. And that is that is her job. That is what she does. That is not who she is.
1: I love what she says, Carrie Underwood, that's me just living my dream. Yeah, that, that's that's me doing my thing. That's me living out my full purpose and and the reality is is everybody has the freedom to do that. And yours may or may not be in stadiums. Yours may or may not be with tons of financial wealth. Yours may or may not be whatever, but the question is is are you do you know who you are? It do, it, do you know who you are? And this goes back to what we were talking about before. Inside your routine and outside of your routine. Yeah. Cuz her routine is stadium tours and stuff like that and she's not doing stadium tours right now. No, she's not. But she still knows who Carrie is. She is,
0: yes. And that's the difference. Yeah. And so, anyway. Um so after that, after that paragraph, she's, you know, here I am sharing my life with you and here's how I found my path. Uh, this is <laughs> um, if you want some of my drive, some of my discipline or some of my dro- um, or some of my resolve. Or even if you're just trying to get your legs to look to look more like mine, and I love that she put that in there because Carrie Underwood has the best legs, and she's worked hard for them, and so I admire them, and I'm glad she made she made reference to them. That's all. All right, that is what I in that's what I underlined out of the introduction. So as you go through um, the book, obviously she has she has some personal photos. Some of them are photos. You can tell that it's, it was a photo shoot for the book. And, um, actually most of them look staged, but, um, this one at the beginning of the chapter, she's holding, she's holding a pup and um, pouring some water in a glass, but it says meet my firstborn Ace Underwood. And so she's introducing you to her pets. Um, cause there's one back here where she's with, um, her, her son. And it, it says meet, penny june fisher and it's pointing to their dogs so um they have three dogs and she introduces them in the book and i think that's cute that's great well where i've been there are three dogs like as far as i've been um the first chapter well the first section of the book is um the girl you think i am which is an excellent song about a father-daughter relationship i really love it um but not just a father-daughter i think it is not just a daughter and an earthly father, but I, I think that it, if you listen closely, it can be, um, it can be God, our heavenly father also. And, but I love, I absolutely love the song, the girl you think I am. So part one, uh, the girl you think I am healthy lessons from the softball field and the stadium stage. So this is, um, her sharing her story. It it is, it is her journey to finding her path. Um, chapter one is thank God for hometowns, um, growing up and growing roots. So she talks about growing up on a farm in a small town in Oklahoma. She grew up in, um, Shakota, I think. I, yeah. And Oklahoma and just, uh, she calls it a couple of times. She, she refers to it as, um, her free-range childhood, because she was just on this farm in this small town, and she just kind of wandered, and she went out all day, and she tr- climbed trees, and you know, um, played with frogs, and you know, there was, you know, classmates lived across the street, and just this small-town life that that she grew up in, and um, and so I, I really like I enjoyed reading just about her childhood and um she has two older sisters but i didn't realize that they were so much older that they were both out of the house by the time she was in grade school Mm. and that she has a nephew who is is her same age which kind of puts the age difference between her sisters into perspective you know i have a sister who's 17 years younger than me and so that's something that i can relate i can relate to and and understand and um so anyway here are the 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 parts that i underlined in the the first chapter um she says to me fitness and health should be simple sensible and fully integrated part of life and when my kids were little and i first started my i first started my um what i would call then my weight loss journey because while i could probably stand to lose some weight now that's no longer the path that i'm on I want to be healthy and I want to be strong and I want to be fit. Whether that means losing weight now or not um, doesn't matter. It, it's those three things that I'm after. But when I was 30 and I started this journey, it was weight loss that I was after. And um, at that time in my life when I chose that that path and that I made that decision, that's what I was going to do, I had such an easier time integrating it into my life. You know, I was just talking to Megan the other day about how, about how easy it was or simple it was to take them to preschool and then to go to the YMCA and work out. Or even when they started elementary school, the the older two were in elementary school and I would drop them off at school in the morning and, then the drive to the YMCA was long enough that the, that the daycare was open by the time I got there and I dropped McKenna off and then I was able to work out. And I don't know why it was so much simpler then to integrate all of those things into my life because I was busier then. So my, my thought process now, like as I'm asking myself these questions, are just I'm just more stubborn now. <laughs> Or I just don't want it as much now. Or I'm what's my favorite thing to say about certain people in my life? Um they're just stuck in their ways. Like I feel like that's what I'm falling into, but that's not who I am and that's not what I want. So these are these are what I'm breaking through myself. Right. Okay. Um All right. She says my goal is to help you figure out how to make health a priority in your life, not by adding one more thing to your endless to-do list, but by turning the quest for health into part of who you are. I like that. And it got me to thinking that I've gotten, so, now I'm good, I'm great at self-care. I take care of myself in many ways, but my health and fitness have not been one of them recently. And when I read that sentence, it made me think of when you took 2015, basically you just took that whole year. You didn't take that whole year off, but work was, I need to do like librarian style so I can see you and read the book. Um, So I'm now of the age where to read, I have to wear readers. (laughs) So that's what I'm referring to my readers. Um, because if i have them on cliff is magnified and i can't and i can read the book but if i take them off i can see cliff regularly but i can't read the book so anyway um but you took 2015 and really focused on your decision to yeah put I, your health and fitness first
1: so for me what i did there it was the first 9 months of 2015 i i basically spent as much time Working on my health and fitness than I would normally spend in a work week. So, uh, no, not maybe not all of that, but it was about three hours a day in health and fitness related stuff, six days a week, three hours a day every See, day.
0: And I feel like that's what I did when I was, when I turned 30 and I was in this quest to lose weight. Mm hmm and so i'm trying to identify what is my limiting belief or what is my my mindset blocker that i'm having right now that is keeping me from from getting but or, or from just picking up and maybe maybe the blocker is that it's another thing on my to-do list mm-hmm. and um, and so i think i might take the rest one of the things i'm thinking about is taking the rest the remainder of the year and getting back to a place where it becomes an integral part of who I am. Yeah. Because it was. It has been. But over the last maybe year and a half, I've kind of gotten out of the routine and practice of it.
1: So there are two areas of my life where I did something in, in where it was a part of my identity. So... Um, you know, this, I, 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 made a commitment November, 2014. I'm going to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. It, nothing's going to stop me from doing that. So it's, to me, it doesn't matter like this morning. I didn't, I, I, I stayed up until 2:30 in the morning working on the office project. And so I, I said to myself, listen, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to get a full hour, eight hours of sleep tonight because I have to wake up and I've got a mastermind group to facilitate. So I'm going to, I'm going to sleep as many hours as I can get in. And I'm not going to the gym in the morning. But I still have this commitment to work out six days a week every week, which means that either I will find 45 minutes of intentional physical activity. I I still may find myself wanting to go to the gym later today. Or I could go for an extremely lengthy, uh, a little bit more of an aggressive, brisk walk uh, for 45 minutes, which looks like a beautiful day to do that. Or... At the end of the day, I say, I'm exhausted. And instead of taking Sunday off, I took Wednesday off this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through the weekend. It's just, that's, it's just my identity. It's like that's who I am. It, it Workout, while actually I'm a to-do list kind of guy right now in this season. I'm not always a to-do list guy. But I'm, I'm currently a to-do list guy. So workout is on my to-do list each day so I can check it off because I like to check things off. But I don't need it to be on my to-do list. It Workout is just going to happen. Another thing that changed, and this is something I changed uh, going into 2020, I said to myself, what would life look like if I was the guy who told you that I make X number of dollars per month every single month consistently from recurring revenue, that's number one, and I never had any scheduled activities on my calendar where I had to be anywhere at any special time other than Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which means that technically... I could, if I choose to do so, have every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off all through 2020. And I just, all of a sudden, that became a thought, and it became a burning desire. And I'm like, "Well, what's holding me back from living that?" And then I made it happen, and that's that's what. So it, it's it's. I mean, I, you can ask me. When, do you have any? Do you have anything on your schedule for uh, Friday? No. I don't need to look at my calendar. Is there anything on your, do you have to, any calls scheduled on Monday? No, <laughs> I don't have to look because that's who I am. That's my, it, it, it's simple and I've designed my life around an identity. So I don't, I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but I, it's, it does. it's, it's one of the things that has helped me. It's like, listen, I want to design my life around my perceived identity.
0: It it does. And, and here is where, um, I'm kind of in a place where I am redefining my identity because over the last two years, I now have two adult children. Now, one of them still lives with us full time. One of them lives with us part time. She's currently home for the summer, um, had to move home early because of, of COVID-19. And so we had some crazy changes in the house over the last few months, but I am redefining my identity because I am now the parent of only one minor child. So where my passion and my calling has been to be available to my children and their friends to create a safe place for them to become the people that God created them to be. That was always times three in previous years. And so now I'm finding, I'm finding that I have a lot more time on my hands times one. And I let myself get into a place where it's like, okay, I can start doing this and I can, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, start a mastermind. I'm going to start doing these things. And and I loved doing them. But I let myself get into a place where it was actually, and I'm saying I let myself, so I I made decisions and I put myself in a place where it was interfering with my current number one calling and purpose, which is to be available to McKenna and her friends and create a safe place for them to become the people that God created them to be and so over the course of the last 4 months i have i have closed that mastermind and been intentional about connecting with my 15 year old daughter who would prefer to stay locked in her room hiding from everyone and um <laughs> it's, she's a teenage girl and you know there are There are ups and downs with that. And um, I have to be, I've had to find new ways to connect with her during not having rides to school and to dance. You know, it was easy to connect with her when we were in the car for, you know, endless minutes driving to all of the places that she needed to go. And now that we're, you know, not doing that currently I, I have. And so I'm in this place where I'm, I'm, I'm redefining. I really am. And you know, I only, and here's the thing, even this is temporary because I only have three more years that she will be here that, that I can, I can have this time with her and invest in her. So I want to do it and I want to do it well. But, you know, hopefully come August, she's going to go back to the building called high school and, and I will have a reason to go back to the gym at 7am, you know, like, and if not, I need to figure out a way to, to, you know, I need to figure out what my routine will look like if, um, the school system is not forcing me to be up early in the morning. Yeah. So I, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a stage of redefining. I am, and and I think for a while workouts have been a to do list and not part of who I am. Yeah, that's that's where that all started. So, um, she she talks about you know asking your asking yourself questions about who you are and where do you come from and um what has um your path been up to this point and and really thinking on how you were raised and how that shaped your your fitness and and health path or how it hasn't like it shaped your path whether you're on it or not and um and so one of the so she's um just talking about how those have have influenced your habits and So, you know, maybe you have stuck with the habits that you've learned or maybe you are, you know, living opposite of how you were learned. But either way, who you were influences who you are. And this is one of my favorite things because that is true whether you're on a health and fitness path or not. Right. Who you were influences who you are no matter what circumstances you have been through. Like that sentence, that phrase goes, is so much more far reaching than just what the content of this book is about. And so anyway, I, I loved that one. But she talks about growing up in um, Oklahoma, she talks about, um, you know, how she was into sports for a little while, but then, you know, she got into um, to singing. And so she was doing that. But, you know, didn't really want to do the sports anymore. I love when she talks about how her, um, seeing her parents and how they would, you know, she'd come home and sometimes her mom would be doing a a Jane Fonda video in the living room and she would just be irritated that her mom was taking up the living room and the TV. And you know, this exercise that she was doing, with she's like, I could do this all day long and not feel anything like what's this actually doing for you? And so just seeing their, you know, they would do it for a little while and then they would, you know, be busy with, you know, the farm and, you know, raising children and, and it would fall on the wayside. And she talks about, she talks about going to her grandma's house and uh, for Sunday dinner after church. And they always had, and it says pot roast with small potatoes and carrots and cobbler for dessert. And, and then I grew up thinking that you always had to have a meat, a starch, and a vegetable on your plate. That was, that was ingrained in me. That was a belief that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the last maybe seven years that I've I've started to sit to question that. And I still struggle with. Like I still am. Like I went through a stage last summer where I ate under um, a physician's care was doing meat only. And during those two weeks, I, I was like, "Do I need to fix my family a vegetable? Can they get? They can get their own vegetable. Like they can tell me what they want. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I mean, but how many days were though out of those fourteen that I actually just gave you guys meat only? <laughs> like yeah. I just, which it is was, fine with me. It was fine, and it was, um, it was fine with with them. You know, they didn't really have a problem with it. I'm thinking what just this past just two weeks ago maybe we had something and jane didn't it was a side salad i think is what the the side you know we had we had ribs and mckenna doesn't like ribs so i made her a piece of chicken and she didn't want a side salad so she just ate her chicken and but i grew up with this i grew up with this mindset that she had to have a meat a starch and and a vegetable and um and then the the She says growing up in Oklahoma, beef was pretty much a dietary staple. I grew up on a cattle farm, so Mm. you know, beef was pretty much a dietary staple. And um she talks about, you know, her what she calls an awakening. But when she was thirteen years, she grew up on a cattle farm. And when she was thirteen years old, she uh went out to the, the pasture to take her parents some tea and um noticed some things that were that were going on and and realized that they were doing that to you know fatten the the calf for for the beef and that that people were actually and that's that she did she gave up beef when she was 13 years old oh. and then as she got older she she gave up all meat and um and so she, she talks about that, that journey in here. I love – this is for, for Sarah. I underline this so I can take a picture and send it to her. I have made fun of my best friend Sarah for years because when it rains – um, she'll stop and pick up worms and put them back in the grass so that they, and, and here I am reading Carrie, Under's, Carrie Underwood's book and, and she says, I was the kid who would pick up worm off the road, pick up worms off the road and put them back in the dirt so they wouldn't get fried in the sun or run over by a car. I still do this when I'm out for a run. Oh, old habits die hard, I guess. So... I was going to take a picture of, of this page and send it to Sarah because she does that. Yep, i
1: and heard I you talking about that in the recent podcast. We did,
0: and then, um, and then like, I love that she says, you know, um, after she talks about herself giving up meat, you know, she says we're all born with a sense of right and wrong, and we have we can choose what's important to us. And just because this is important to me and I have this belief in my life doesn't mean that you have to have this belief in my in your life. And if it doesn't feel, you have to follow what feels right to you and, and follow, you know, your heart. And she, she, her husband eats meat. And, um, she says that in the, she has some recipes, I guess there's a whole chapter of recipes and, um, they're all vegetarian recipes but if you follow what Mike likes, you'll see a meat that you can add to it. So nice. um, you know, just follow what I, I just love that. Just because I'm a vegetarian doesn't mean you have to be. Yeah. I've often questioned my need for meat, you know. Um, I like meat. I, I love a good steak. Like I'm just but do I need it? You know? I don't know. Anyway, I've I've often questioned my my need for beef. But um So she talks about leaving Shakota and um, going to to college. You know, she she went to college to be a journalist and, you know, just knowing that. What does she say? Um, She says, Sometimes I would miss performing and I would tell myself, everybody wants to be famous. What makes you think you're so special? And then I'd go back to studying. And, um,. So I love that. Like that's where her mind was. She's like, that's not realistic. That's not you know all these things. Um, the summer before her senior year in college, she's at home. She's what? Um, she's at home for the summer. She's in the living room watching TV, and the news is talking about people auditioning for American Idol. And um, she so I got online, and the the auditions closest to me were in St. Louis. She said that might be fun. Um, I called out to my mom, how far is St. Louis? She said it was six or seven hours away and I thought that's too far out of the question. She asked me why I wanted to know. Oh, nothing, I said. I just saw they're having American Idol auditions. She came into the living room and looked at me with her arms crossed. Then she said, if you want to try out, I'll take you. Mm. Now, this in this moment, I relate to her mom. Yep. <laughs> I really do. Because this is the... I, I've spent countless hours driving my kids to dance and to soccer and to um robotics and all over the state yep. and sometimes out of state so anyway i i relate to her in this point. if you want to if you want to try out i'll take you nah it's dumb i said what are the chances okay. oh and her her mom says oh i don't know just think about it i'll drive you if you want me to
1: Yep. And just um, imagine the decision that that's destiny is shaped in yes, the moments of in a decision. Our moments
0: to, no, it's dumb is what Carrie responded to her mom. No, it's dumb.
1: Yep.
0: And, um, and Tony Robbins says it's in our moments of decision that our destiny is made. And that was a decision. And, Does it,
1: she say what, how she changed her mind?
0: Um, she doesn't, she just says she went, You know, we went and I auditioned and the next couple of days were a blur. So she just says that she went and, you know, so she gets her golden ticket and she's 21 years old and she's got to go to California alone for the first time on a plane and how, how outside of the box and how scary that was for her. And on the way to the airport, they had to stop so her mom could get her something from the grocery and she started crying and, um, Her dad, her dad turned to her and he said, Carrie, we can go home right now and we don't ever have to talk about this again. And she says, no, I'll do it. I'll go.
1: That's the moment of decision. And
0: that was her moment of decision. And, um, I love that she opens this way and she talks about, you know, that, that growing up in, in this small town and, um that she was put there for a reason and that she grew up on a farm for a reason. And, um, there's a reason that I didn't become famous until I was an adult. And there was a reason that I went to college, but I didn't do anything with journalism and talking about her roots and how far they go. And I live in the same County that I've lived in my entire life. And I love it here. this is where my roots are and i'm not afraid to leave here you know i don't feel stuck here i don't feel grounded here but i understand where i come from and the ways that this place has shaped me and has made me and I absolutely love that. And so um, she says, you know, the roots have served me well. Whenever life throws me a curveball, they help me remember what is important, or what is truly important, family, faith, friendship, and following my dreams, doing the right thing, even when it's hard, and honoring my body, the mind, and the life God gave me. And that those were the roots that helped her when she got to California and her whole world flipped upside down. Yeah. And um, so I, I really love that. And then she ends it with this. Um, the, the chapter ends in in three ways. Um, go outside to get healthier. She talks just about just about going outside. Just go for a small walk. Um, one thing that you will never catch me doing and um, she she not going outside. And one thing that you will never catch me doing is standing in the grass barefoot. She she su- she suggests stand in the grass barefoot. I absolutely hate the feel of grass. It's been that way since I was a child. I, I've tried to get over it and um, I haven't wanted to be successful th- this far. Um, I really like not liking grass, <laughs> but, you know, go outside, go for a walk, um, you know, take in the, the vitamin D, just just move and spend some time taking the deep um, breaths of, of fresh air, um, go outside to get healthier. There's a recipe at the end of this chapter, and it is something that she used to eat as a kid. It's actually a sweet treat um, that she ate as a kid, and it's the mom's recipe, mom's version, and then Carrie's version where she made um, simple swaps that changed the recipe um, for a healthier option, like replacing the milk with almond milk and the sugar with maple syrup, Um, ways to make it to make it slightly healthier. And here are the, with the swaps that she made, there is a 360 calories, two grams of fat, 40 grams of sugar, and 30, 40 grams of carbs, and 36 grams of sugar difference between the two recipes. Wow. By making the swaps that she made. So anyway, I I really love that, you know, she doesn't give up everything that, you know, you can still have sweet treats in moderation, and you can, alter them to make them slightly better. Yeah. Okay. And then she ends the chapter with journaling, which I haven't done yet because I wanted to come down and record this podcast, but I have a brand new unused journal that I am going to use to journal through the rest of this book. Awesome. And, um, and so I, I really, I really enjoy it. I love the, the way that she's starting it off, connecting with where you come from and understanding that that has shaped who you are, which is a lot of what the journaling for this chapter is about, about your childhood and your eating habits when you were a kid and how they, they have shaped where you are now. Um, I love the idea of it just being, you know, simple changes, whether that's a simple change to a recipe or a simple change to um, my routine or making it simple. It doesn't have to be easy but it does have to be simple. Yeah. Something that I can work into, you know, I always, August has always been the mark for me to make goals. And I did do that in the beginning of 2020 because we were at the beginning of the decade, but that's not a habit of mine. My habit has always been to sit down and to reevaluate and to see where I am in August, because I have said for the last, see, 13, 14, 15 years that my life runs August to May. The busyness, the, the constant routine that runs August to May, because that's when my kids are in school. But with my birthday in August, August always seems a good way for me to reevaluate and to see where I am and to see what I want in the next year of my life because for me August to August is the next year of my life and so as I'm moving and you know we're already halfway through July you know um, my birthday is less than 30 days away I am I'm mentally thinking on what I want the next year of my life to look like what do I want it to be and so I think that this is a good place to start
1: I like that Cool. Cool. There's another episode for you, baby.
0: <laughs> yep. There's another episode for me.
1: All right. How do you want to close this thing?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know. I normally, I I you know, I feel like the last um, six months, I'm not even going to say, I feel like the last probably 10 months of my life have been out of sorts. And, maybe a little unfocused, and very a lot chaotic. And so I would say that, you know what, our journey fluctuates and it changes and you have to constantly be intentional and reevaluate. And when you, when like me, you can become unintentional, you can spend, you know, four months without any direction at all. Like literally I've been standing at a crosswalk for four months, not taking one step forward or one step sideways or backwards. That is how I feel. Whether that's true or not, you'd have to ask the people around me, but that is how I feel. And so our journey is constantly fluctuating and changing and we need to be intentional about evaluating where we are and where we're going. And, as I move into August and get ready to turn 42 and think about what I want my year as a 42 year old woman to look like I'm reevaluating and I am designing what my 42nd year will look like, or as my 15 year old daughter will tell you what my 43rd year will look like. (laughs) Um, Side note: She turned fifteen this this April, and um, she legit tried to convince us that um, we needed to get her a gift for her sixteenth birthday because this is her sixteenth year. Even though she's only fifteen years old, it's it's her sixteenth year. I said, "Nice try. We'll catch you next year on your sixteenth birthday." <laughs> but um, but I'm I'm reevaluating. What do I want the next year of my life to be like? What is what is Stephanie at 42 going to mean, going to do, going to look like? And I'm going to be intentional about that time. That's how I would say, if you are not being intentional about how you spend your time, I think you'll lose all your time. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful that people allow me to share my journey I hope in a small way that my journey impacts you and, and helps you reevaluate you are where you are or um, where you want to go. And if I did that, then I've done a lot. And that's how I would say, I would say until next time, I don't know what I would say. What do I say at the end of Thriving Mosaic? that's been a long time because I don't remember. Somebody have to let me know.
1: I don't remember.
0: I don't either. I know what I say at the end. I know what I say. What? At the end of Thriving Mosaic, I say, until next time, live your life on purpose.